Hi, and welcome to the Liberation Lab for Women in Business. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Schick-Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together in the Liberation Lab, we explore what it actually takes to create fulfillment, success, and freedom. In today's episode, we go even deeper into last week's topic on what it means to operate your business in a more feminine way. The business world is dominated by a masculine lens, and for many women, operating in this way does not lead to success. We give some reference points for what it feels like to operate in a way that's more aligned with us as women, and we also look at what it feels like when we operate in a more masculine way. The bottom line is that this is about knowing who you are and aligning your business to flow with your energy. If you're enjoying the show, we'd be so happy to have you review us on iTunes. You can also head over to liberationlab.com to subscribe and access some amazing resources to help you feel more liberation. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Liberation Lab for Women in Business. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with our the lovely co-host, Laura Schutt-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hey, I'm excited. We've got a part two today of a previous conversation. We do. We we had actually had our conversation cut off a little bit last week, but we, we saved it and we put it out there and we wanted to tackle part two. And what we're talking about is really the feminine way to do business. Because I think that uh, business, as we talked about last week, is very dominated by a masculine lens. And so we started to explore, you know, what does it look like through a feminine lens? And so we're just going to continue this conversation because I feel like it's a strong one. It's a deep one. And I don't think a lot of people have reference points of what a feminine business looks like. What do you think, Laura? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I love this conversation and it's actually been on my mind since we spoke about it last. And so even though we lost some of the, the conversation, I think we already realized that this was a deeper topic than we had time to cover in one. So it makes perfect sense for us to segue into another, another conversation. And, um, yeah, I think that for me, I, when I first became an entrepreneur, you know, almost a, 10 years ago now, I was really grateful to come across your path, Sonia, because you spoke the same language and I didn't have any reference points for what it meant to be a feminist entrepreneur, what it meant to have a feminine lens for my business. I knew that I wanted to shift the structure of typical and normative, um, you know, male business. I knew that I wanted to be able to operate in a different way, but honestly, besides just us throwing spaghetti on the wall. And when we <laughs> launched Soma Vita, it's like we really had no places to, to reference. Yeah, for inspiration. It was mm-hmm. kind of hard to find. I'm sure they were out there, but they're they're hard to find. Yeah, no, I think so. And I think, you know, even at that point, I mean, really, I created, you know, at that time, the name of my company being The Feminine Way. I really created that at the same time we were creating Soma Vida because I did. I, we, you know, I feel like we had these conversations. We saw this need, you know, that we were really missing kind of a, a different way to do business that was more aligned with the feminine operating system. And so maybe one of the good ways to kind of start off with part two is to look at, you know, what is the difference 
between a feminine way of doing business and a masculine way of doing business. And, you know, I think that I'm still even learning more and more every day about this. So I don't think there's necessarily any, you know, right answer. But I think, you know, what maybe have we experienced so that we can give some reference points? Uh, you know, what have, Laura, have you kind of experienced in when you're operating your business more in sort of the old paradigms that are more masculine and when you're operating your business in ways that are more feminine? Yeah, no, I think this is a good um, place to start. And like you, I'm still learning through my own experience. And I come from an academic background. I thought I was going to go on and get my PhD in psychology and really look at human psychology. And what I didn't know is that I was going to end up in the world of entrepreneurship studying human psychology. I'm fascinated by how it is that we as just personality types are attracted to becoming entrepreneurs. So then this layer of gender is just that much more fascinating um, to me. So I sometimes go to the literature as well. And I've been trying to read up and understand a little bit what we, what is sort of considered feminine business and masculine business. And then kind of what I know from my own experience and they're lining up pretty well. I mean, I'd say first and foremost, um, one of the biggest things when, when you and I started Soma Vita, what we wanted was an integrated business model that had many different pieces that truly flowed into one another and supported our clients at multiple levels. And I know that masculine businesses can do that, but I find that a masculine business compartmentalizes mm. often services, right? So there's like this service this service, this service, multiple services, because we're doing, you know, A, B, and Z, A through Z. But with women and the, the way that we were thinking about our business, and from what I consider a feminist lens, it was like, okay, how do each one of these pieces help serve one another or even sustain each other? How are they related? How do they overlap? And if we're going to create a workspace for women then shouldn't we consider childcare? Shouldn't we consider self-care? Shouldn't we consider community building? Like we can't just talk about shared space as real estate. Um, we had to talk about it as this holistic model in which our members had multiple needs that we considered being able to solve, you know, under one roof. And to me, that's very different than sort of the compartmentalizing of, of many business models that are masculine that, you know, that are, like just looking at one problem at a time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's yeah. so good. Like I didn't really think of it in terms of like that, but yeah, it's absolutely about integration. And it's funny because literally just before this recording, I did a Facebook live where I was talking about how it's so important to create a program that combines all of us, right? That, you know, as women, especially that integrates all of these amazing skills and tools and, and everything we have rather than compartmentalize, like I'm a coach, I'm a psychotherapist. I'm a, I'm a marketer. I'm a, you know, we've got all of these sort of skills and tools that are integrated inside of us that we can provide and give and work with. And I think that, yeah, that's a really good point that part of that feminine way is the integration. Whereas, like you said, I think, um, the more masculine lens is to separate and it's more linear, obviously. I think that's the other piece is that, you know, I think so much the feminine way to do business is more of a flow and it's more about purpose and it's more of that why and it's less linear and it's less, you know, of the, of the sort of logical thinking and more about the feeling. 
that's some, I think some of the mm-hmm. other general kind of pieces. And some of the other yeah. things that I think is terms of reference points about the feminine and masculine is that it's really about coming from the inside out versus the outside mm-hmm. in. This is one of the things Absolutely. I've seen over the years, right? Like, you know, when you're operating your business from a feminine way, you're feeling and trusting your intuition and your innate wisdom. You're, you're feeling for the discernment and then you're operating from that space. So it's almost like I talk a lot about in terms of leadership, like you're standing in your leadership, your power. If people align with that, then they're good fits for you. If they don't align with that, they're not good fits to you. You're not lowering yourself or shifting or changing yourself for someone else. And I think the masculine way to do business is more about looking at the outside and saying, you know, this is what someone wants. So I'm going to contort myself or fit myself into their box to, to, to be what they want. And to me, that's what I see, you know, is kind of a shift in, in sort of operating from the feminine versus operating from the masculine. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I was going to say something very similarly, um, something very similar is that this type of focus on the internal, there's also this, is sort of the what I love about being on being an entrepreneur is that with the feminine lens, there's more, in my opinion, space and permission for the individual to internalize to go through an internal transformation and actually have like a conscious raising or a um, let's see what's the other word I'm looking for. So kind of like a an internalization of their of what, of, of what they want to, um, see in the world, like the change that they want to see in the world. I'm not saying that the masculine business doesn't, I mean, there, there are many examples of a more traditional masculine business model that has social change at its, you know, the heart of its mission. That's true. But there's something about the feminine lens that allows more space for the individuals in the organization to be transformed through the work. Mm. Um, not only are you impacting the client, but you're just, if you're operating in a feminine way, you're open and you're curious to let things transform in a way that I think is maybe just accelerated. It's not impossible mm-hmm. through the masculine lens, but there's something fluid, right? About, yeah. and you talked about it in part one about that year that you allowed yourself to just follow the flow. That's that, that wisdom, right? That, yeah. that you can do in your life. Women are bringing that wisdom into their work and into mm. their business and into their passion. And I think it's really gives us an edge and, and we then take our work and allow it to be personally transforming. Yes. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like I'm witnessing that. I wholeheartedly agree. And I think one of the challenges is that a lot of women aren't bringing that to the table, right? And this is what I see constantly with my clients. They, they've lost trust in their wisdom. They've lost trust in their intuition. They lost trust in themselves because they've been so indoctrinated that the masculine way is the right way, that the, the logical way is the right way, that you don't mix personal with business. Business isn't personal, right? Like business is business. I mean, there's, there's all these indoctrinations around, um, you know, business that makes it 
in that sort of masculine lens or in that lens of disconnection or in that logical lens. And again, just to, just to say it again, because we talked about this a lot more in part one, you know, we're not talking about male and female. We're talking about masculine and feminine energies. We all have masculine and feminine inside of us. Masculine and feminine is a neutral thing. It's a, it's like a flavor of energy. So, you know, we're not saying that all men are like this and all women are like this. We all have a blend. But what we're talking about is that up until now and really forever, businesses had a really masculine lens. And so how do we shift it so that more women are feeling like we can operate in our aligned selves? We can operate in our authentic selves so that we're not exhausted, so that we're not overwhelmed, so that we're not trying to fit into someone's box of what, you know, they say business is like, and instead we're being more real. Exactly. Exactly. Because if we're just putting ourselves in the place of, um, you know, sort of a, a masculine driven work culture, then we are really sort of our, our efforts are quite pointless in my, I don't know, like if we're just putting our, if we're just taking this amazing feminine perspective that we have been learning throughout our lives and we just jump into a male dominated perspective and make that the norm and ignore what we what we bring to the table, then that just feels really sad. It, it invalidates what we're capable of, of bringing forth. And this is what you've talked about before. It's like, why diminish our impact? You know, yep. if if we can bring ourselves to the table and this is something, you know, with um, with the lean in book that was really popular, popular with um, Cheryl. Um, Sandberg, this piece of, of leaning in at the table, I think that my position or my perspective on that is not only do we need to lean into the table, but we actually need to rebuild the table. Yes. It needs to be a completely different table. Yes. We do not have to ask permission to be at that table with yes. the men that have created the table. You know what? Ergonomically, that table probably sucks for women. It's probably not even <laughs> our height. It's not it's not comfortable for us to sit at that table. So it's like, why are we like pushing one another aside and elbowing one another out? That sort of sisterhood glass mm. ceiling that we even sometimes experience. Why would we even want to do that to sit at a table that was never built for us in, to begin with? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm back here like cheering like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, I think that's so true, right? Like what, like we need to redesign. And this is actually my core mission of my business really like for a long time has been this mission to not just help women um, navigate the business arena, which I do, but also to actually change the business arena, like to shift it so that it is built by women. It's for women and not that it's not for men, but that we also are equally contributing to the design of business, to how it functions, to how it operates, to what it means to be in business. And I think this is the piece that, you know, we're talking about is, is how do we shift the lens so that we can start to operate our business in a way that is more effective for us. It's more in alignment with us and, and does more of what we want in the world. And, and I think, you know, this gets back to just some general sort of masculine feminine things, right? Because what I've seen is what's happened in the world in general is that we've disconnected from our feminine wisdom. And when we are connected mm -hmm. to our feminine wisdom, we care about others. We care about the environment. We care about the earth. Like that's what happened. Like when we connect to that feminine wisdom, we're connected to all. 
And this is what we've lost in every aspect of humanity at the moment is, and not to say that every person is not connected because some people are very connected, but I think in general, as a society, we've, you know, cut out the feminine wisdom instead of men coming to the feminine to say, what do we do? Like, where is the guidance, which is really where, what place the feminine and masculine have the, the masculine is just logically assuming everything, logically creating everything. You know, the, the feminine has just been cut out altogether. Yes, yes. And I just want to pull back up a little bit higher for a moment and name the fact that, you know, patriarchy, that yeah. is been, it has been in disservice to both the masculine yes. and the feminine, yes. right? It's distorted the masculine making it all about glorifying domination and control and um, even violence. Right. Mm. And then, so for men, that is just, that is distorted their sense of themselves and dehumanize them to a certain extent. And I've read this in some feminist scholarship recently. It's like, this is really about dehumanizing men. And then um, for women, it's actually denying us our humanity altogether and remembering that patriarchy is doing that to the masculine and the feminine. Again, putting the masculine and feminine not at odds with one another, but looking at what's the greater, the greater lens here that we're looking at that glorifies one at the cost of another. And I think men should be up in arms. Women are already up in arms. Like we all need to be as humans concerned that we've taken on, you know, a sort of internalized this sort of, um, this competition between these elements that are human qualities, like, like you just said, we all possess feminine and masculine and the gender of being a woman means that I most likely have developed a stronger sense of my feminine, my femininity. And through being a mother that helps me get in touch with that feeling of birth and creation, the power that comes from with, from creating life, right? It's like, that is what helps in, in sort of endear me into my femininity and to, to really have this divine femininity that becomes my strength. In men, they have femininity inside them that they're denying. And then their masculinity, unfortunately, gets distorted instead of like a powerful leader that feels really grounded and really clear and collaborative with their community. It creates this other way of being this very controlling, dominating you know, look at our political climate right now. It's like that is in here in the United States, like <laughs> that is patriarchy gone wild, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. like the extreme. So I just wanted to kind of pull that, you know, get into my feminist um, scholarship lens a little bit because I'm just fascinated. And I, I like to remind people that we're not trying to pit masculine and feminine against one another. No. We're really challenging patriarchy that has done that, yes. who has put us against one another when we really men and women are humans um, desiring transformation and evolution yeah. in our life, in our lifetime. Yeah. And I think, you know, we have to also look at is the, the feminine, most people are also not really connected to a genuine, their genuine feminine either, right? That our feminine has also been quite distorted over the years. We've lost our stories. Yeah. We don't have reference points. I mean, when, when we're born in a, you know, you think about how modern society is where we're all um, sort of all over the place. We're not really brought up with our ancestors in the same way that people used to be brought up with their ancestors. And there's this, you know, we're dis 
disconnected from the stories. We're disconnected from, you know, some of the, the groundedness of the feminine. And we, we don't have really great reference points. So I think, you know, part of what I see with my clients is that they actually have to come back into trusting themselves. They have to come back in to discover the feminine wisdom. And that's part of the journey. They don't always realize they're on that journey because they're coming, you know, to look at how do I work on operating my business so it's successful. Well, sometimes that's about actually building more self-trust in your your feminine wisdom, more alignment with who you are, more authenticity so that you can more effectively navigate the business arena. But it's a very, uh, for a lot of people, I think it's a totally different viewpoint. They don't even have a reference point for what that looks like. Yeah, I agree. And I good point because it's distorted masculine and feminine. And the way that I've seen it play out for women has been, you know, just this denying the feminine traits, things that they feel, you know, kind of buying into the um, the patriarchal lens that feminine is weak, you know? So then, well, who wants to identify as feminine when it's emotional and weak and ineffective or whatever, yeah. all the different stories that we've been told. So it's really mm-hmm. hard to, as a woman coming into business, wanting to really stand your ground um, to identify with traits that you've been told are the second sex to use, mm. you know, <laughs> uh, is just like, why would you want to identify with that? Right. Yeah. It's like we want to typically identify with whoever's seen as having power. So this is where we go into like really wanting to dismantle the power dynamic. And that's where I get really excited about this yes. topic is because I feel that we as women entrepreneurs are in an amazing position to dismantle these power dynamics and to remake the table on our terms. We mm-hmm. we have every reason to, to do it now. You know? Definitely. And I think that, uh, like, I feel like, I don't know if we've had an episode on power specifically, but we should. This should be our next should, episode if yeah. we haven't yet. Because I think, like, power is one of those truly misunderstood things. I mean, I talk a lot about standing in your power. Like, I, I work with my clients a lot on, you know, owning their power and what that feels like. But you would be amazed at just the distortion most people have around the word power, right? Like, you know, it is about overpowering and it's about taking and it's about control. It's a very sort of like distorted masculine perspective of power when really empowerment is about standing in your leadership, standing in who you are, standing in your wisdom. It's not about inflicting it on other people, but it's about being true to yourself. And I think that this is a power that a lot of people don't have and they struggle with and they, they don't know how to, how to get that. And they, they aren't even sure how to begin to operate in that because they've been disempowering themselves for so, so long. Mm, yes. Yeah, I I agree. I would love to have um, a whole episode just to speak to power and our confusion about it. And like you said, we are living in so much power over. And I agree. Empowerment to me is like switching from the power over way of, of experiencing one another and going into power with, you know, this, I just feel like power with in the community amongst one another. It's like, how do you stoke the fires of, of liberating everyone so that there's a sense of, okay, where are we lifting one another up? Not that each individual can only find power at the expense of another's disempowerment. Yes. That's a false belief. Totally. You know? Yeah. 
totally false. Yeah. In fact, that's, that's not, that's just not true empowerment at all. No. Yeah. It's like, and I think it's a goal in my business is like, I do not, I'm, I'm always kind of looking, have I done something here that's creating a power dynamic in which my power or a power of one of my staff or team is somehow at the cost of anyone else's power, right? It's like, that's kind of a, a, a feminine lens for me. It's how am I being mindful of that in the creation of my systems and how I interact with my clients and with my team members? Which I think actually is interesting. And I have to like sort of pull, pull up on this because I think the first thing so many people think of is, am I overpowering others? But really the mm. first thing we should be thinking of is, am I empowering myself? Right? Because yeah. if we are not standing in our power, if we are not empowering ourselves, then I guarantee you're disempowering someone else somewhere. And this mm. is the piece. It's like we don't recognize how unconscious. It's like if we aren't standing in our power, if we are not empowering ourselves, then there is some bad power dynamic somewhere because this is how we function as humans. And that's why yeah. the most important thing we should be asking ourselves is, are we empowered? Are we oh, yeah. standing in our power? Where are we giving up our power? Where are we struggling to see our power? Like, because it's, I think it's such a natural part of women to look at, oh, you know, am I, am I hurting anyone else? Am I giving anyone power? Am I, you know, it's like we, our focus is outside of ourselves when really we've got oh, to yeah. turn it back on ourselves and say, I don't, where, where am I empowered? I can't control what happens with someone else, but what I can control is what happens with myself. Absolutely. I'm so glad you made that point because if you're, like you said, if you're not a, in a place of finding your own power, then you're unconsciously, often unconsciously powering over other people yes. just because there is that um, psychological sort of response of I feel disempowered, so I'm going to find power over. And it, you're not always conscious that you're doing it. So working towards your sense of power. I mean, this is the thing that struck me when um, even, you know, in undergrad studying child development and starting to ask this question as this young person you know, wow, why is it that they're with systemic familial violence, so much violence between the mother and a child? And, you know, my professor was quick to jump in. Well, because look at the power dynamics that women are in socially, systemically, they're in a place of less power. Mm -hmm. So if men are using power over the women, then women, where do they have any sense of power? Either they can overpower one another, or they can overpower children. So this is, you know, even when you look at familial violence, it's a true systemic reaction to some beginning point, patriarchy, <laughs> hence insert, uh, that, that is actually saying it's okay to power over and it's using, um, misusing power. And so then you have it trickle down into uh, ways in which people then I'll go, oh, well, I don't have any power, but guess what? I have power over you. I have power over you. So they start to look for ways that they can participate in that hierarchy and it and doesn't um, translate into often healthy ways. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really good point that if you are wanting to think about this within your business, asking yourself, where am I standing in my own power how much am I owning my strengths as a business owner? How much, you know, am I feeling supported um, by my own internal dialogue? Yeah. And, you know, and then how is that then carried out and communicated to my team 
And I've definitely experienced that as well, that the more insecure or disempowered that I feel, then it makes it like, oh, well, wait, I can't give that much power to my team or I'm you know, questioning this or that, not because I don't trust them, but something in me is not trusting myself. Yes. And so that trickles down. And I think that's a really, I'm so glad that you made that point. Yeah, I think so. And I think that, you know, you know, coming back to sort of the feminine way to operate in business, I think part of that is by standing in our power. Like if we're not empowering ourselves, if we're not standing in our power, then we're not really operating our business from the the true feminine way. And this is the thing. I mean, I love um, some of the talk around sort of the wild woman, right? Because, uh, you know, the, the whole misperception is that when we talk about this wild woman inside of us or, or connecting back with our wild woman archetype, a lot of people think wild as in out of control crazy. Yeah. Like, you know, what? overly emotional, yeah. dangerous. Yeah. Which is not <laughs> yeah. what we're talking about. Wild is actually back to our true nature, right? Wild is in, you know, animals that are not tamed, that are not domesticated. You know, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the feminine from our nature and what it is when we are not put into a box and what it is when we are not domesticated. You know, that is what I think we have to find in order to truly shift the business, the business paradigm. And to start to operate our business from a more feminine way, we have to get back in touch with our wild nature. We have to get back in touch with our, with who we are without the domestication. Yes. Yes. And I equate the word domestication with sort of the allowing the normative values yeah. of the male world. Right. Yeah. And, and so you're right. It's like if we are standing in our power celebrating who we are and not letting that judgment also come. So there's the, um, the, what I catch myself sometimes if I'm like, gosh, why am I doing this or why, you know, something about my, um, expression as a woman in business, if I feel like I'm judging it, often it's coming from this internal voice that tells me that something about that femininity is, um, not okay. It's overly emotional. It's irrational. It's not intelligent. It's something, you know? Um, yeah. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, what we're also sort of took like in framing that, and this is what I see in business a lot, because, you know, my mission is to help women uncover who they are and align their business with it. Cause that's where they'll have the most power, right? If their business is more closely aligned to who they are innately, they're going to be less exhausted. They're going to be more fulfilled. They're going to have less energy drain. They're going to be, they're going to be, have more impact, more income and be more successful. And I think what we don't realize is that we have been, the domestication is the training. We've been trained to be in our place. We've been trained to, to operate in a particular way way. There's a lot of indoctrination and training that's gone on. And I think this is where we, and, and, and it's funny because um, I always laugh. So, you know, my husband means it in a really, really good way, right? But he talks about how he's trained his children, you know, to, to operate in a certain way. And I'm really bothered by that because I am like, no, we don't train our children. Like we can, <laughs> yeah. we can, you know, give them some guidelines as to how, you know, to operate, but 
really they have to become source. They have to follow their own power. They have to make choices so that they can discern for themselves. Otherwise, we're not really teaching them anything. We're just training them to follow us. And this is where I think yeah. so many people in the world are is they've been trained and we've got to untrain ourselves so that we can get back to what we feel and who we are and how we best operate. And oftentimes that's, that's counter logical. Like it doesn't fit yeah. the logic of what a lot of people teach and it doesn't fit the logic of what the world says is the way it should be. But we have to counter that in order to follow our intuition and we'll have a much better success. Mm, yes, yes. In therapy, you know, the psychological speak, we talk about that training as cultural conditioning, right? Mm. We call it a conditioning. So you're conditioned by your parents or you're conditioned by your community, your culture. And the more mindful we are of those conditions in the more internal, like the more of an internal locus of control we have, which means we're driven by our own sense of self that this feels good. I'm a, a hu good human and kind human in the world because it feels really good to have connection with other humans. So I'm internally motivated to want to um, fight for human justice versus an external locus of control is, well, I've been told that I'm supposed to be good. And when I am, I get rewarded and people give me a trophy or whatever, yeah. right? So that's like a simplistic term. But that's kind of what you're talking about is that for many of us, there's this social conditioning in which our feminine values or traits are somehow not seen as valuable, yep. not as worth, um, not as worthy as the masculine. And so it's being being mindful of, okay, from this internal locus of control, can I find my source? Can I find this internal dialogue that says, yes, I can own this part of who I am and I can share from this place of authenticity. And I may still hit, you know, biases that I know that are conditioned, but the more that we start really practicing awareness about that, then we can take we can take more intentional action, right? And this goes to something you've spoken to in business, like to be able to discern and to take action, we have to know ourselves. And if we as women have spent 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years denying ourselves the most in, internalized, authentic piece of ourselves, our femininity, yeah. you know, um, our feminine side, then we're denying ourselves the ability to bring this full human divine being into the world to do what we're here to do. And we all know that we're here for a higher purpose. I believe we all are on a mission of some sort. And the more we own all of ourselves, the more that we will be able to do in this time that we're given. Yeah. And I think that, that I think this sort of like um, topic we've approach now. So this internal and external motivation, I think they're actually a really important piece of the difference between operating in the feminine and operating the masculine. I find that the more masculine way to operate is by more external motivation. 
right? So there's like, you know, mm-hmm. you, you externally want rewards, you externally want uh, feedback, you externally want income, like money, like it's, there's sort of these external motivations. Whereas I find for women and, and men operating in more that, that with more of that healthy feminine side as well, the motivation is very internal, driven, right? And, and not from a psychosis, right? Not from a trauma. And then they're driven, Mm -hmm. trying to outrun that trauma, but driven in a way that they can really feel their mission. They can really feel their why. They can really feel what they're here to do in the world and who they want to serve. And they're operating from that place. And I find like, you know, in my experience working with people for a long time, I find that I, I can't really work with someone who's primarily externally motivated. The, my systems, my applications, they don't work because like you're, you're, you're basically at the power of others when you're externally motivated. If someone gives you good feedback, you're happy. If someone gives you bad feedback, you're unhappy. If, if your clients love you, you're motivated. If your clients hate you, you're not motivated and you're totally push and pulled by everything externally. Whereas when you're operated internally, you know, and you're internally motivated, you're able to stand in your power. Some people might not like you. Some people might be unhappy. That's okay because you're still motivated to serve. You're still motivated to improve, you're still motivated to to create your mission in the world. And I think these are some very important differentiations and some of the ways to operate between the feminine lens and the masculine lens. Yes. And I do think that that internal, you know, there hasn't been a whole lot of research on the psychology of the entrepreneur, but that's interesting. I have a belief that if we studied more about that what make what really makes up an entrepreneur like personality traits that so many of them are actually feminine, you know, <laughs> like being intuitive mm-hmm. and being an internal um, locus of control, this ability to be internally mm-hmm. motivated because that's what they say differentiates a lot of women are really, um, you know, when you ask them why they sometimes it's a fault that we don't talk, we don't think about the money enough, but money rarely is like our leading reason why we're going into business. We actually have a problem that we see in the world Mm -hmm. that we have. We feel like we see resources that we have that we need to apply to that problem. And it doesn't really matter what anybody even has to say about it. If we're compelled, we're going to do what we need to do to go after that problem because there's just this, internal motivation. And I've heard that that's true for so many entrepreneurs, not just women entrepreneurs mm-hmm. um, or feminine driven entrepreneurs. So it's kind of interesting to me that I don't even know why we've gotten into a mistaken perception that what makes you really successful as an entrepreneur are masculine traits. Because from my opinion, what's really going to work for this future economic um, environment that we're headed is you have to be internally driven. You have to be great at discerning and listening to your gut. You have to be curious and willing to take risks and which means you have to source support around you and have community and you have to be really resilient. And that's something that women have been doing for ages. And we do it in community with other women, which makes us different than often our male counterparts who have been sort of felt like they've had to compete with one another in order to go after a certain amount of shared resources or limited amount of resources they feel like they have to fight for. Which brings me into a really interesting sort of like splitting hairs kind of thing, right? Because I think, you know, I agree with you. Like there's a lot of entrepreneur traits that I would consider more feminine, but then we have to talk about the operations of business, right? Because what I don't find 
is many people communicating, many successful entrepreneurs talking about how to operate your business in the feminine. So they have yeah. traits that are feminine, right? But then it's like push, 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 you know, work it, be relentless. Like, you know, you know, make sure that you're like really like don't stop and, you know, disconnect yeah. and, you know, you can't meet everyone's needs. And, you know, there's like, there's like a whole feel behind the operations of business that I think we have to shift. Right. Whereas I mm. like, um, less effort, right? I really, really like the idea of less effort, more return, less effort, right? Cause I think as women, we want, we need space. Like I don't operate my business well if I'm like back to back meetings all day. Like I don't, that's a very masculine structure. I'm tied by time. I'm tied by, you know, what everybody needs and wants. And then what happens is I'm missing the space, which is where my magic happens, where my flow happens, where I feel the right next step to take, where I'm going to have, you know, so much more return on my effort. And so I think we're not, what we don't have is a lot of talk about how to operate our businesses in a feminine way. Like what kind of time structures support the feminine, mm-hmm. you know, what kind mm-hmm. of action taking is, is better for the feminine, you know, and this is what we have to support. And I mean, I don't think there's necessarily one piece. And so my sort of rule of thumb is who are you? How do you best operate? Because you need to create your time structures. You need to create your actions. You need to create all of it to support you in being more effective, not in, in limiting you to be effective, which I think is what happens now. We sort of take someone else's paradigms or structures and we say, oh, I've got to do this. That works for them. That must work for me. But it's completely not true, right? Everyone's so different. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you're splitting those hairs because I couldn't agree more that there is not enough. There definitely, if there were more books out there, I think you and I would have probably read them and, yeah. and we'd be, you know, reading as many of them as we could get. But there's, there's not a lot of examples. So even if you have an individual who tends to be, um, maybe balanced in their masculine feminine and really, you can really see that they lead with some really, um, feminine traits it kind of stops at sort of that psychological profile of that person. You don't really see, well, then how are you executing that day to day? How do you run your system? How do you communicate your, your, you know, your actual company culture? How how does that become a part of the culture? And and how is that put in your operations manual? You're right. I think that that would be something I know I would love to hear more about and understand. I think that there's, Definitely more of that beginning to emerge. I recently, uh, or not so recent, maybe in the last um, six months, I've been following um, an organization on Instagram from Canada in Toronto that's called Feminists at Work. And I suggest people check them out. Um, They're doing a lot to bring awareness to the women around the world that are doing this more of the feminine way and looking you know, just how to bring more visibility to one another so that we know that we're not alone. So I think that we're on the precipice of seeing more. And actually, um, you know, Sonia, you and I, we're probably going to write a book in our lifetime. We'll have some of our experiences. We've mm. both read, we've both been running feminist businesses for over a decade, mm. yours even longer than mine. So I think that that's hopeful. Yeah. For, you know, for all of us. And, and I ask, please, any of the listeners, um, if you know of resources, you know of organizations that are doing this kind of work to really bring attention to the feminine way, mm. I'd love, 
more. Yeah, please share on our please. Facebook and please let us know. Yeah, yes. because because I know that I've been searching and I've so I mean just literally the last few weeks I've been so frustrated because I want to see more of these kind of books out there. I want to read books and I mean the closest thing I can come to is kind of more general stuff like Brené Brown's kind of perspective or different people who are talking more about us as people, right? And and more maybe maybe about relationship, but there's very little being talked about with regards to work. And so you're right, like we're going to have to write the book that's what I've already decided. That's my 2018 mission is to write the book about how to operate yeah. a business in a more feminine way. And I think, you know, it's because we, we do have to talk about in terms of there's so many subtle pieces. And until I'm really sort of working with a client and they're starting to to operate in these different ways, you know, there's not a lot of reference points out there for how do we work with people in a more feminine way? How do we support our, our clients? How do we support our employees? How do we have that integrity in a way that isn't just cut off and logical and, well, this is business and this is what I need to operate? Like, how do we create some more of those those subtle relationships and operate in a way that's more aligned with ourselves? And I think, you know, one of the things I kind of wanted to just approach as we start to sort of wrap up is in the, the bottom line is that you have to know who you are. You know, one of the ways to operate in a more feminine way is to create a business that aligns with yourself. So you need to know your own motivations. You need to know what drains you, what what excites you, what builds your energy, what kind of flow that you need to function at your best. You need to know yourself. And if you don't, it's going to be really hard to operate your business in a feminine way. So I think that's, you know, sort of a bottom line component of what we're talking about. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I love this. Oh, I do <laughs> want to say, <laughs> I do want to say, cause I was trying to think of any other resources. I one of, you know, and I haven't responded to you to tell you, there are a few people I've been reading lately. And one of the um, books that I really appreciate about money, cause you know, there's a lot of money books out there. Mm. Um, if the listeners haven't checked out Amanda Steinberg and she's, been on many podcasts. People have interviewed her about her new book, Worth It. And one thing that she talks a lot about, which you really appreciate, Sonia, is the self-worth is critical to the net worth. Mm. And she talked about her own experience, much like you and I, going through the typical um, way of, uh, of kind of in the man's world, getting her education, earning a lot. And she was a, a big earner at some point. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, I just was like earning it, earning it, earning it, and realized that that actually wasn't the the solution because I hadn't really understood how to really, I didn't really understand my net worth. I didn't really understand where I was going. I was just kind of caught up in, in that game of mm -hmm. going after more, you know? Yep. And I think that women in business right now, you can really get caught up in superficial success. Yeah. And I've even fallen trapped into comparing myself and thinking, Oh, you know, if I'm not, um, if I ha because I haven't gotten to this particular place, like maybe I'm just, I'm not doing the right thing. I'm not successful yet. And I have to re sort of pivot and reframe for myself to remember that a decade ago, I decided I was going to build a feminine business model yeah. that put forth these qualities um, in the way that you and I are discussing them today to lead to see that feminine leadership is just as important as any type of any type of leadership has come before us and even more important that we put it in in the spotlight um, or we're going to start to regress you know as a 
as humans. And so just put in perspective that whatever you're doing, remember that if you're pioneering, innovating, trailblazing, a whole new model and a whole new way to work, don't just get caught up comparing yourself to the male normative lens and their success stories. Go and find the other women that are building from the ground up. Go and find those other women that are doing similar work and other men, because there are men out there too that are celebrating the entrance of the you know divine feminine. I even had a man comment and say that at a conference recently that I was in for co-working. He's like, bring it on. And I love that about co-working because mm. it's a very um, feminine driven business. And, and a lot of the men that are veterans in that movement um, totally are on board with bringing more of the feminine values to the forefront. So I just want to just encourage people that you can find your tribe and reach out to others that are doing this work and, and try not to judge yourself by that male normative timeline. Mm, definitely. And, and so, I mean, obviously this is a topic we'll continue to weave in and out of our other episodes, but I think, you know, start to maybe look at how are you operating in your business? Is it from a more masculine lens or is it from a more feminine lens? And see how you can start to shift it to align with more of who you are. So any final thoughts, Laura? And just stay connected with us and talk with us on Facebook and email us. We'd love to continue this conversation on and off the podcast. So, yes, we will. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. To get some great resources and listen to all of our episodes, visit theliberationlab.com. We want to help other women get the support they need to create more real success and freedom. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who've commented, emailed us, and reviewed our show. We are so appreciative of your support. See you next week.